Hello, welcome to Into the Fire, a Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series. Hi, I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. Uh, today we have two guests because we're doing um, two plays in repertory in uh, June. Uh, at Burning Coal. Um, we have uh, Preston Campbell, who many of you will know from his work with us on the Royale, uh, Camelot, and other productions, and Lily Nelson, who most recently appeared with Burning Coal in King Charles III, and uh, is known throughout the Triangle area and beyond for her work in film, uh, television, and uh, on the stage as well. So Preston and Lily, welcome. Thank you uh, for coming. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us, it's great. Well, um, I just wanna start off by saying uh, the two plays look fantastic. I had a chance to see not a full run because I'm in rehearsal myself for our production of Evita, um, but uh, I did get a chance to see uh, a third to a half of, of each of your shows this past weekend um, in what we in the theater call Stumble Throughs. Um, Nine Lives uh, by Zadwa Niani, uh, directed by Jordan Lichtenfeld. Um, and uh, Girls and Boys by Dennis Kelly, directed by Anna Radulescu. And those two plays will run in repertory from June 10th through the 27th. People who want to get tickets, they're $10 a piece. We're going to be selling up to 30 tickets a night for in-person um, performance, but uh, also live streaming both plays. So uh, if you're not quite ready to come indoors yet and see a play with other people, uh, you do have the chance to watch these two stellar uh, performances shot uh, with multi-camera um, uh, photographic capabilities. So it'll be a dynamic uh, presentation one way or the other. And um, we're looking forward to both of them. Uh, let me start off, um, uh, Preston, with you. I'd like to, uh, do you mind uh, talking just a little bit about Nine Lives, about uh, the play itself and about um, uh, the character that you're playing in it, or characters, I should say? Uh, not at all, sure. Um, well, my name is Preston Campbell. I'm uh, doing Nine Lives, um, and it's about a, um, a young man by the name of Ishmael. He's from uh, Zimbabwe. Uh, he is uh, seeking asylum in, um, in the UK because of his uh, sexuality. And, um, he, and while there, he's um, waiting. He's, you know, he's talked about being you know, in the state of limbo, uh, just waiting around um, with uh, limited access to things to do, while waiting for the status of his immigration status. And while in the UK, uh, specifically in Leeds, um, he explores, you know, the area and, you know, hoping to be a part of this, you know, this world that he's, you know, not used to and, mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing some of the good and a lot of the bad about it. But the overall, I like, just hoping to, you know, find a place to, you know, to call home and so he can, you know, be free to be his, you know, real mm -hmm. self. Ishmael is, uh, does speak English, so he's, he's able to speak uh, to other people in the country. Um, right, yeah. Correct? Yeah. And, uh, and, and tell me just a little bit about that uh, background of where he, uh, where he came from and why he's uh, a, a political exile from his country. Um, 
well in Zimbabwe and live a lot of places in, uh, in Africa that I'm now you know finding out more about is um uh the level of homophobia there is so intense that people are you know he talks about you know in the show like being you know you know people being stripped and beaten just for their sexuality and their you know laws in place saying like it's illegal to you know be you know homosexual or yeah. and it's you know pretty awful so that's what he's escaping for escaping from right and right. And so you have to you had to master a Zimbabwean accent, uh, which uh, sounded really good to me. Uh, um, not being an expert on the subject, but has that been difficult, uh, Preston? Uh, and you also do British uh, accents too throughout the show. Um, I say I make attempts to do an accent. Um, I try to be as authentic as possible. Um, I don't have a good. I mean, I sometimes might have a good ear for it. Zimbabwe is a new accent for me because. Um, yeah. During rehearsals, even like, you know, when I was reading before rehearsal, I had like a, a accent in mind because I was just trying to hear like a Zimbabwean accent, but it was just kind of hard to hear. And then I had to, you know, talk with our dialect coach uh, to kind of break down the, the, the mechanics of it. And and it's different. Uh, it, it, so I'm not like used to hearing it. So I mean, I hope I'm doing it justice. But um, yeah, in the. Yeah, and the British ones, there's, you know, there's like different variations because I'm not even playing like a character that's closer to my age because, you know, I'm usually playing like, you know, people who are either older or much younger than me mm -hmm. in this. So, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a challenge and to be the only actor on stage. Um, Lily, you've had a, a similar experience. Tell us a little bit about girls and boys, first of all, and then I'd love to talk with you about uh, that character a little bit more. Uh, well, Girls and Boys is, I mean, I fell in love with it when I, I found it on Audible, funny enough. Uh, Carrie Mulligan did an Audible production of it, and I listened to it the first time and just could not stop listening to it. Uh, there was, there was just something about it, and it's about a woman she's never named. She, you never get her name, you never, you, you never get her name, but she is talking about her family and society and how she views views society and also just talks about her children quite a bit mm -hmm. and how how she went from meeting her husband in this very interesting little semi meet cute to a to a to how they went through their relationship and how she had her children and it's interesting, the, the deeper you dig into it, the more you start realizing about, you know, just society and how we treat men and women differently. Not only that, but how we treat children differently. And that's been an amazing journey there. She's a, she's a character who um, seems to have a, a safety net under her, uh, unlike uh, Ishmael in, in uh, Nine Lives but finds out um, very rudely and abruptly that that safety net can very easily be uh, untethered. Uh, and um, so I'm curious, uh, Lily, so you brought that play to us. Uh, you know, usually we're going to actors and saying, do you want to do this? But you brought the play to us. Have you done that before as an actor or, or is this a, a first for you? Uh, bringing a play to people? No, I mean, I brought, uh, I've brought plenty of plays to people. A lot of times, though, they end up casting their own actors and saying, we love this play. Um, I did do, I did get to uh, do uh, Closer, which is another favorite of mine with you guys a while back. And I just, I, I adore, 
just I think there's some excitement to being able to bring a show to somebody because you they, they know you want to do it. They know you're excited about it. And it's just a matter of figuring out the, I guess, figuring out the ge geometry or whatever, just figuring out how to build things together, finding out where that collaboration is and figuring out how to work it out. Well, it, it is uh, it is a nice thing as a as a producer to to hear an actor saying I want to do this play and and for it not to be a, a play that's already well known in the canon is even more attractive to me. Um, Preston, is is this your first uh, one person show um, as an actor? Um, it, it it is. It's like my first official one, but I have done shows where. It may as well have been a one-person show. Um, there's this one show I did in college called uh, Home, and even though there were other actors on stage, um, most of the dialogue did come from me. And I remember doing a, a high school um, finals project where we had to do like a, you know, like a couple of monologues, and you no, know, that was kind of like a one-person show. But yeah, this is my first, you know, one one-person show. I've where, done, is, yeah. uh, where where did you grow up, Preston? Um, here, actually. In like Raleigh. here here in Raleigh, born and raised. Yeah, nice. Where'd you go to high school? Inlaw High School. Oh, no kidding. You're an Inlaw guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and um, Lily, how about you? Are you, you, you live in um, Chapel Hill now, is that right? Or Yeah, I live in Chapel Hill right now, but we're, uh, my husband and I are actually getting ready to move down to Atlanta. Miles is actually already down there. So he's trying to lay the foundation while I'm doing Girls and Boys, and then it's going to be straight down to the big ATL. <laughs> Good. Uh, there's more uh, film work and television work there, I guess. Uh, there is. And it's just trying to get into a bigger, uh, a bigger market. I mean, I, I do have a show that I have to come back for in October. I'm doing still Magnolias at Temple. Mm -hmm. So I've still got to come back there here for that anyway. And I've got a couple of short film projects that I'm trying to get off the ground in the area, but just trying to get rooted in a, bigger market and are you are you originally from this area as well uh originally winston-salem born born in winston-salem raised in a pretty divided like equal split between banner elk north carolina and southport north carolina which are on completely opposite sides of the state but i feel like every time i wasn't in school i was either in banner elk where my grandparents lived or in Southport, where my grand, where my grandfather, where my dad keeps his boat. Do you uh, do you remember um, the first time you wanted to be an actor? I was five years old. <laughs> that I um I was I was five years old, and I wanted I was watching things like I Love Lucy and thinking I want to do that, and I think that sat with me pretty heavily up through elementary school and the thing that I think was the real kicker is I had a I had a French teacher named Madame Smith and I wasn't I was kind of a weird kid I'll admit to that I was I was I was an artistic kid anyway and so I think she recognized that in me and she took me to see uh, Le Petit Prince, The Little Prince they were doing it over at the School of the Arts and I was so happy I could cry and I still remember going to see that show and parts of that show even today and she took me backstage to meet the actors and I mean at five years old I wanted to do it but at 
in elementary school. I think I was eight years old and I was like, nope, this is it. Preston, uh, do you remember the first time you were bitten by the bug? Um, definitely as a kid. Um, what really inspired me, this is going to sound silly, but um, what really inspired me to want to pursue a career in acting was watching a lot, a lot of 80s action movies. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an action movie star. Sure. And so that's that's what kind of started me on, you know, wanting to be an actor. It's just, you know, when I got into more acting, you know, of course, you know, I you know, wanted to do more than just want to do action. So, um, come on, and Steve. I actually, you know, fell in love with doing more with theater. So, which mo which movie, Preston, spilled the beans? Which uh, which, which one? Yeah, okay. no, there wasn't like a one specifically. It was just like like a whole like just you know the genre. You know, yeah, the whole genre itself back in the eighties, and you know, so that's hard my favorite target. Hard target. Mm. I mean, it's one of them. Like I said, it's a whole list. So. I'm thinking uh, maybe Steven Seagal. Uh, Actually, no, not even Steven Seagal. And I didn't grow up no, with yeah. Steven Seagal. No. Who's your about, martial yeah. artist? Uh, do you, did you have a martial artist that was kind of your boy, Preston? Back then? Uh, JCVD or? <laughs> I mean, he was cool. Um, like I, I was mostly more like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Willis. You know, like, you no, know, the Holy Trinity, you know, back then, so. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, that's not an answer I expected. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, well, uh, you know, the, there is, a, it's storytelling, right? It's, uh, it's exactly what you guys are doing now. It just, uh, you know, in some ways, what you're doing is a more pure form of that because you're not having to rely on uh, the pyrotechnics uh, of, of the action movie genre, but... Um, but ultimately, it comes down to uh, creating a character that an audience cares about uh, and then putting them in a situation and, um, you know, asking the audience um, to, su to support or not support their choices. Um, Lily, uh, let's talk just a little bit about um, uh, girls and boys. Um, this is a very difficult uh, play, very difficult subject matter. You're, um, uh, and it has sp specifically to do with the uh, gender um, relations. Um, you are, are fairly recently married, right? Uh, within yep. the last two years, I believe, if I remember. Uh, well, officially, we've been, we'll be, we were, uh, we celebrated our third anniversary in the middle of COVID. So yes, two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, you came across the play around the time you were um, thinking of, uh, of getting married. And I, I just wonder how those two things exist. I mean, the, 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 the woman's attitude about the opposite sex is pretty grim by the end of the play um uh, how do you as an as an artist uh, hold that idea in your mind in a manner strong enough to support you know really playing the character but also uh have the relationship that you have with your husband uh, which has been ongoing longer than two or three years uh, mm -hmm. uh, i mean i think there is there is a line from the play where she talks about people who've gone through some of the similar circumstances she's gone through, and I think it goes back, a big part of it goes back to the human spirit. Horrible things have happened to, I think, all of us, and we, we, as, we as women and men and everything in between have had 
have had something happen with the opposite sex or with with a different gender and something has happened and it has struck us and it sits with you and it sits with you mm-hmm. and you you learn how to live in love maybe through those new people i mean i'd when i when i met my husband it had been a bit since i had i'd gone through a really bad situation myself and i here is this person who who understood and i think that going back to that line in the play we learn to continue to love to learn to live in love and that's just that's a part of it i think she's she has a right to think the way she does about the opposite sex. I think some of the things she says about the opposites about men in general are very true. I mean, just, but, but in the same token, we, we learn to love, we learn to live in and with love and that event and that we have to do that because otherwise we're going to lose our minds. (laughs) And I think that's a big part of it is just learning to live in and with love to everybody. Preston, that's that's uh, very similar in some ways to the the journey that uh, the character in Nine Lives goes on. I think. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, to to come from a situation where you feel um, entirely ostracized and and so much so that you would leave your home, which is something most of us can't even. I mean, we can imagine wanting to move to Atlanta, for instance, you know, Lily wanting to move to Atlanta, but we can't imagine, don't imagine we can imagine what it's like to have to move, to have to get out for our life's sake, you know, and and to go to that into a, a cold and unwelcoming and unfamiliar place, and then to find um, a light at the end of that tunnel, at least uh, for a short time. Can you talk about that journey a little bit in, in Nine Lives? Uh, yeah. Um, well, for me, uh, the whole journey of Ishmael that I, I kind of gravitated towards is this feeling of disconnection with just the world around him, not just when he goes to wait, when he's waiting for asylum and, um, and leave, but um, just back home, just having to keep this you know, keep his true self a secret and hardly anyone except for maybe like maybe one or two people knew, um, but having to be afraid to be in home just to even have to escape and go to another place where he can potentially be himself, but still feel this loneliness, this disconnection. Like, like this is a time in the show where like, you know, he, shake someone's hand maybe for the first time in a long time and it's just like you know it's like he hadn't had anything to eat in a long time and just he had like a tiny you know like a piece of bread or something it's like the best thing he's ever had because he hasn't had anything like any kind of like you know like a tiny physical contact this is like you know just something that he craves like just not craves it's more like he he is lacking in and just being in this situation especially for like not even knowing how long he's going to be in this limbo state um, is, you know, I can only imagine how frustrating it might be is for him. It sounds so. uh, similar to 
something we've all been going through a little bit with the pandemic over the last year and a half. Uh, we had an event at the theater on Saturday, uh, a memorial service for, for someone who had passed away and, and um, somebody hugged me and I told him it was the first time that had happened uh, in 14 months, I think. And uh, I, I didn't realize how meaningful that would be. Um, and then I corrected myself and said, except for my wife, of course, uh, who doesn't count. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've all had a little bit of that, uh, of that issue, um, uh, that, that sense of craving something and not even realizing that we are, are craving it. Um, has the pandemic for you, uh, Preston, been difficult as an artist, you know, not being able to do, do work, uh, not being able to gather in rooms with other like-minded people, that sort of thing? Um, I will say it has been weird not being able to try to even do theater or any kind of performances because a lot of it does involve like a lot of intimacy, a lot of like, you know, connecting with your fellow actors and even the crew too. And, you know, yeah. trying to do something where you have to have these barriers set up. It's just, you know, I know like other shows and other productions try to do like, you know, Zoom performances or, you know, live streaming stuff. But yeah. it's just, you know, it's just that that weird feeling of like, this is strange, you know? It's like, I, like I can't like do this from a screen or I can't do this from like, you know, this, you being on that side, being on this side, like you need that, you know, that, intimacy that we as artists, you know, have been so used used to. And, you know, it's just weird thinking that, you know, we're moving in a new way where like, you know, we can still do theater, but we have to have some boundaries between us. And it's just, it's that weird and awkward feeling. And, and uh, weird, uh, this, I is guess. this the first thing you've done uh, since uh, the pandemic began? Uh, well, no, I did a, um, a show with um, Theater in the Park, but it was a pre-recorded stuff. It was, so it was almost like, not really filming a movie, but still like filming a taped show. Uh -huh. So that that was it. But we didn't have like an audience, so that yeah. that was that was an interesting experience. I mean, it felt like theater, but at the same time, I miss that audience. When we did the two uh, one-person shows back in January, uh, we the actors said the same thing. They said performing it each night was very strange because there were there was nobody there except the the crew, you know, and and they knew that there were people watching because. We had sold tickets to it, but just not having that interaction, that personal interaction. Lily, have you been uh, doing things during the pandemic other than learning these lines? <laughs> um, I well, I, oddly enough, I've uh, I mean, I've found ways to do things. I um, I did, I actually did an online film festival. Uh -huh. So during the pandemic, I didn't really have much much of a slowdown. I mean, I had my other jobs, which they, the ones that involved anything dangerous went to Zoom and everything else I still went in for. So, except for that really brief period, but in that brief period at the start of it, I was in the middle of editing a film. I did this, I had gotten a bunch of friends together and we did a mockumentary about competitive thumb wrestling, yeah. kind of in the style of Christopher Guest. So, I started that early in the process, so I had I had a creative outlet in a way. So I I feel very very blessed that way that I had that creative outlet, 
And in the middle of the pandemic, we got into the Portland Film Festival, which I went, what? <laughs> what, what did we do? <laughs> and which is, I didn't think, I thought, oh, it's going to be a smaller festival. And I get there and suddenly Christopher McDonald is showing up and to, to talk to people and things like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually a legit thing. So I did that. Um, I did a couple of little Zoom productions with people that I knew. Yeah. Uh, memorized a lot of lines, as you said, and just did what I could to keep from going crazy. <laughs> and so that's... Yeah. And this is your first thing back in a, uh, in a theater, I guess, uh, performing for hopefully, hopefully an audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is the first that this is the first time back in a theater. I was actually in the middle of doing, the, the, of doing Steel Magnolias down at Temple when mm -hmm. everything happened. I mean, we got, we, we got through our opening weekend and then on Thursday, Thursday, things were getting worse. Friday, it was bad. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we got the call, go home. And I went, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's lovely that they're going to bring it back. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's a nice thing. I'm seeing a lot of theaters trying to do that, trying to honor their commitments to things, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is important. You know, I think it's important not to say, um, you know, uh, we, we got knocked down and we're not going to get back up again. So, uh, and the government's being helpful from, from my position as a producer, they, they are providing some funding that that's really going to make a difference. I think if it all, if it all goes through the way it's supposed to, sorry, my dog is going crazy in the background. I apologize. Um, well, we'll, uh, I just want to wrap up by asking both of you, what, uh, what do you want to do? Uh, Lily, I'll start with you. Um, what do you want to do um, in your life as an artist that you haven't done already? Oh, good grief. <laughs> that, that's, that's a big thing. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, there's so many of them. That's a lot to unpack. I want to play Hamlet. Uh -huh. I, I, I want to play Hamlet. I don't want to be... I, I, when I was really young, I wanted to be Ophelia, but then I hit about 20 and said, nope, I want to be Hamlet. Um, I want to play, a lot of the characters I want to play are so much older than I am. So people like, you know, Norma Desmond and, mm -hmm. you know, Weezer Boudreaux, those are, those are much older characters. And I just, I, I, that's, that's stuff to look forward to, I think, as, as, as we get older and... I think I think right now as I move forward as an artist I just want I think a bit like every artist out there I just want to get to a point where I don't have to do anything else but art. So mm -hmm. I think I think I'm prob when I get down to Atlanta I'm hoping to start doing building some stuff up to shoot a TV show slash movie slash what have you just I've got all these projects that I've written that I just want to shoot you're uh, you're one of the ones that really try to make work for yourself, which I think is a really good idea, uh, and and certainly something that has has proven fruitful for many artists. Is is that something you really relish, Lily, or do you find it a necessary evil? Uh, some actors like to wait for the phone to ring, you know, and others like to go out and grab it. How do you feel about that? 
I think that the reality of this whole process of the whole artistic the whole artistic endeavor is I have a friend who's a statistician and they one weekend we went through all these websites and did some statistics and what he came back with was one in every hundred people thinks they're an actor that's a huge pile of people who want to pursue this and most of them are sitting at home waiting for the phone to ring and I just don't think that is something that you can afford to do as an actor anymore. It, especially since now YouTube celebrities are getting roles on television. Just, you know, hey, here's this YouTube celebrity who's getting a role on TV. And it doesn't matter if you're acting in it or writing it or whatever. You just have to get out there in art. So in a way, it's in a way it's a it's a necessary evil. Um, but in a way, I think just getting to spend that time with a group of people that you love and admire for a bit and make something. And I think the way to think about it is to make something and not expect it to work. Mm. I mean, this weekend I'm going to go to the Reedy Reels Film Festival down in Greenville, South Carolina. And this ridiculous mockumentary that I shot with me and a bunch of friends is going to be is up for best ensemble and I'm up for best actress at it. Just the so. thumb wrestling. Uh, yeah, no, one, two, yeah, thumb war. It's, it's a, yeah, my thumb wrestling mockumentary has gotten some, gotten, not, not into many, but it's gotten into a few. And the ones that it's gotten into, it's won at least an audience award. So I'm like, oh, okay, people like this. And I mean, I've, guessed. <laughs> I would have guessed. And the Doctor Who, and I do a Doctor Who fan show, and Preston's mm-hmm. been on that. <laughs> and okay. oddly enough, I, every, four or five months i'll get this random message on youtube saying lily nelson should be the doctor and i'm like i'm all for that (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, and preston uh going forward for you what do you want to do um specifically or generally that you haven't already done you've done a lot in the triangle as an actor what what do you want to do make the world's greatest action movie no um 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 do more expand i did i remember doing like like a touring uh, show with uh burning cole for killing magambra i definitely like the feeling of like touring and you know like to you know hopefully one day to you know do more like a national or worldwide uh touring production of whatever so yeah that would, that would be you know for me ideal to do some a touring production of or productions i think we need to we need to figure out a way to get some of our shows into other cities. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a way of making that happen, um, and uh, both of you, uh, you know, I, I wish you break a leg on the on the opening of your shows. I hope that each of you can see the other one's work because having now, you know, I didn't honestly, you know, just to be quite frank, I didn't think the shows had that much in common when we put them t- together. I thought, well, you know, we got to do something. So uh, let's do these. Uh, but the more I see them and the more I listen to the two of you perform those roles, the more I think there is something very, um, very much in common about the two plays. And and despite the disparate um, qualities that the characters would seem to have so i hope you can see each other's work uh, as well uh, but certainly break a leg throughout the run and uh, 
And, uh, and we appreciate your joining us for Into the Fire. Uh, at Burning Cold, the two plays are Nine Lives <clears throat> by Zadwa Naoni, uh, which will be playing um, uh, in repertory with Girls and Boys by Dennis Kelly. Uh, both uh, of the plays run um, Nine Lives opens on the 10th and runs through the 26th, and Girls and Boys opens the 11th of June and runs through the 27th. Uh, tickets are $10 uh, for live uh, performance or live stream performances of all of the performances. So join us one way or the other if you can and tell a friend. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Our productions of Girls and Boys by Dennis Kelly and Nine Lives by Zodwa Nayoni will run in repertory from June 10th through June 27th. For tickets or more information, visit our website at burningcoal.org or give us a call at 919-834-4001.